Hello and welcome to Fast Charge episode 71. Now you might notice that I'm the one doing the talking at the start of the show this week. That's because Dom has picked the one day of good weather that we currently have in the middle of what is supposedly British summertime. Saying that we do have Lewis back from, where have you been Lewis? Oh, don't you worry, I've been to mysterious places. <laughs> Lewis's journey far and wide, but he's finally come back to us, so he's joining us on the show this week, alongside Chris, who's going to be talking to us about a few things, both iPhone 12 mini and Amazon Fire HD 10 2021. But before that, we're going to talk about a few of the bits of news that have come out this week, in spite of Prime Day, which has dominated all of our time. We spent most of the start of the week uh, writing deal stories and trying to get as many people to buy cheap smartphones and good deals as as uh as was available did you guys pick anything up before i get into it mm. <laughs> you weren't tempted nothing nothing caught your own eyes <laughs> i love the idea of, of prime day and, and it just black friday as well like all these sale days like i'm like do you know what i'm gonna buy so much stuff but then the day comes and i'm sat there and i'm like i don't want any of it it's just stuff i don't want and i suppose that's the point they're just getting rid of the stuff that doesn't sell they're like come on take it we don't want it either somebody's gotta want it yeah, so I mean, yeah. Chris, you shared, the set, you shared that video of the uh, the Amazon Prime Center waste, didn't you? That was terrifying. Yeah, not cool. I feel like, yeah, buying stuff is like, oh, I'm saving stuff from going to <laughs> landfill. <laughs> um, <laughs> give it to me for free. I'll take it for free. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not yeah, yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this, yeah, the the Prime Day sales have got, you know, gone downhill over the years. And it like the best deals it is, is really, it's a sale on Amazon's own products and they're like the really yeah. good deals and then it's just like a few quid off some other stuff but you have to like there's pages and pages of it so you've mm-hmm. got to you've got to know what you want beforehand really so yeah i absolutely. i I, bought, I was very boring i bought an electric shower because ours is like <laughs> almost stopped Not working um but i knew i needed boring one. and <laughs> Boring and conservative purchases, yeah. nonetheless, and are and important. It, I nearly yeah. bought some smart plugs, so there we go. I nice. did buy smart plugs. <laughs> oh, there we go. Hey, because so they were half getting, price. Getting benefit. I don't have smart a use for them yet, but I will do. But you'll find you something. will. Exactly. It's amazing. They're ready in the drawer when I need them. <laughs> but the reason this is what we're talking about is because that was generally the start of our week. What we moved on to, though, was there were a few things that did also happen uh, alongside Prime Day. Realme, uh, the GT, which we talked about last week, actually finally went on sale in markets, including, I think, Spain and France. Um, and the 12 gigabyte model was an Amazon Prime exclusive at launch, which is very exciting. Um, also, we heard about the uh, Movi TicWatch E3, which is the company's new affordable smartwatch. Um, and the interesting thing about it really is that it is the second Wear OS watch out in the market to support a Snapdragon Wear 4100 chipset. The only other one that I could think of being the TicWatch 3 Pro or Pro 3, uh, which they introduced, I think, at the end of last year. So really right now, Movo is kind of holding down the Snapdragon Wear uh, campus at work because no one else seems to be interested in using this chip, which has been out since... I think it was June or July last year, Qualcomm introduced the Snapdragon Wear 4100. So I don't know what's going on there and why like Fossil Group or, or no one else is looking to use this newer silicon when it's twice as efficient effectively as the 3100. Um, it's it's an odd one indeed. I don't know if you guys read the story. Uh, I mean, I, I, I kind of skimmed it over as you do, you know. Yeah. Learn a little, not, a little bit about market, a lot of you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Mobvo is probably one of the only prominent players in the Wear OS camp, aside from Fossil. They're the ones I think pushing the envelope uh, against you know the likes of Apple and Samsung, which is a hard 
it's a, a hard battle this to is fight thing, when yeah, you are up against those brands, you know? The, what, the One of the main criticisms I have of, of Wear OS watches most of the time is the fact that they are laggy. You know, they freeze yeah. up, they skip around, and it's just, it's such a, a basic experience compared to what Apple has got with the Apple Watch. Um, I mean, that's probably half the reason why Google's working with Samsung to, to you know, overhaul um, its, its watch operating system because they know that it's, it's, it needs some life in it. Um, so yeah, I'm not really sure it, why yeah. I'm not really sure why people aren't using the, the the faster chipset because yeah, in my mind that fixes one of the biggest problems straight away. Then you've just got software tweaks and stuff like that to worry about. Uh, is there any like exclusivity to? Did Movoi have any kind of exclusivity with it or anything like that? No, when Qualcomm introduced the chipset initially last year, Movoi was like the company throwing its hands in the air and going, "Hey, look, we are going to be offering up a smartwatch or two using this this hardware," which is very exciting. But then you know. It's what I wasn't expecting them to be the only people. No, that. yeah. Um, I guess it might come from you know the reason I keep thinking of Fossil is because they have you know the Diesel brand and they have the Scargan brand and they have all these other kind of like sub brands that you'll know or fashion brands that they've licensed um, mm-hmm. to kind of build smartwatches for. Um, so they are actually a surprisingly prominent player, even if you're not buying a Fossil watch. Um, and they just, I guess because they have this more fashion first approach, I guess they're not too worried about having the most cutting edge performance and trying to compete with Apple watch and galaxy watch on, on in that regard. Yeah. Um, they, they are still, if you haven't used one of these watches, I'd say they're still superior in terms of performance to um, the really affordable stuff like the Amazfit stuff. Um, and that those kind of products, if you've tested any of those, um, we've got reviews of the T-Rex Pro was the one I, I most recently did from Amazfit, which is using kind of more humble inter- internal hardware. Um, but yeah, I think Wear OS as a platform needs all the help it can get. And, you know, we talked about this the other week with the uh, the, the partnership that you mentioned, Lewis, between Samsung and uh, and Google. And actually on that subject, one of the other things this week that happened was that we got our first glimpse at the Samsung Galaxy Watch 4 Active. Now, we've been talking about the Galaxy Watch 4 series for a while. I think, Lewis, you reviewed the Galaxy Watch 3, and you thought it was a pretty solid smartwatch. Yeah, I love it. I think, um, yeah, in terms of um, smartwatches that I've used personally, um, it's it's second to the Apple Watch. You know, the Apple Watch is still my favorite. There we go. But yeah, if I was on Android (laughs) side of things, then I think Samsung Watch would definitely be the one that I'd go for. Yeah. It's just that rotating bezel. I love it so much. (laughs) I can't understand how more people aren't using that kind of thing because it just, it works so well. I mean that that is kind of the fundamental difference. If, if you've not seen the, the the difference between the the Watch Three and the Watch, well, I should say the Watch Two and the Watch Two Active, because there were, was never a Watch Three Active. They're kind of skipping that supposedly this year. Yeah, is that rotating bezel isn't part of the Active recipe? Um, kind of confusingly, the Active has never to me looked like a rugged smartwatch. It's always been very sleek and slim and rounded cover glass and stuff yeah. like this. And the, the render we've seen of the uh, Watch Active Four kind of continues that trend it's a little yeah. bit more kind of straight edged um the kind of uh the body the casing um feels a little bit kind of more uh rudimentary i guess there's fewer curves and lines and kind of contours going on there yeah. um but then interestingly they've also done things like extend the strap so now even though it still goes through two lugs that jut out from the top and the bottom of the casing the silicon band runs all the way into the main body of the watch so it looks kind of more like a cohesive design which again is kind of at odds with the rugged look which is usually mm-hmm. you know big angles if you think of like the g-shock series from casio for example yeah. chunky that, boys back to watches look like the yeah exactly they're very chunky this still looks very sleek so i'm intrigued yeah. to see 
what the differentiation is between the Watch 4 and the Watch 4 Active. Um, I mean, and, and speaking of know, which... I'll say just on just on go. the Active front, like, I I assume that the kind of Active people that Samsung are going after kind of runners and maybe, you know, rock climbers and people that go hiking and stuff like that, people that I assume would be wearing gloves some of the time. Yes, so would it not be yes. better to have the bezel, the rotating bezel, so that you can select things and do things on the watch without having to take your gloves off? I mean, I mean, that to... was absolutely my point with the my review of the the T Rex Pro is that yes, it's a touch screen smartwatch, but it also has four big buttons on the side that yeah. have just enough kind of travel and sensation that you could wear thick climbing gloves and happily use most of the functionality without even worrying about the touchscreen. It's my main kind of like criticism of most fitness watches as well. If mm-hmm. if they lead on touchscreen um, interaction and you're trying to like run and, you know, tap the screen whilst you're running, it's just, it's it's a no-go. Um, yeah. So yeah, the, the buttons are a little bit bigger on this render that we've seen. So hopefully that means that they'll be easier to use on the Watch for Active. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, in terms of when that is actually expected to launch, Signs right now are pointing to uh, June 28th, which is Samsung's virtual MWC briefing. Um, They've teased that they are going to be talking smartwatches. That doesn't necessarily mean we're guaranteed to see this hardware. It could just mean um, the Tizen and Wear OS uh, Fusion. That doesn't actually have a name yet that Google and Samsung have both already talked about. It could just be the showcase of that, but we're hoping for hardware. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, That's literally on Monday. It's like, few days away. yeah it's yeah. real so we MWC is next out, week, yeah. so we'll, we'll have plenty to talk about then as well um i guess chris actually speaking of mwc you just actually came out of chatting with the tcl was it yeah so tcl and what was it they had to show off anything fun so they've they've um been showing off this concept of some smart glasses for a few years now maybe at least a couple of years and then at ces back in january they um sort of showed them off as a prototype and said they'd be coming later this year and now today they've announced them as an actual product um called next next wear g but with no like nxt where of course g, nxt yeah. next <laughs> next giving a dump to a, like a, a vowless app name as well yeah. isn't it <laughs> so yeah they are an official product they're called the next wear g uh, and they're going on sale next month, starting in Australia at a hundred, uh, sorry, eight hundred and ninety nine dollars. So that's Australian dollars. Australian dollars. Okay. Um, so that's about, I guess, about yeah. six hundred pounds. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, if you directly Maybe convert less. it, it's four hundred ninety pounds. Oh, but great! Yeah, we bargain. Yeah, um, Australian dollars are quite high generally. Um, yeah. So. This yeah. isn't an augmented reality or a virtual reality headset, though, is no. it? It's slightly different. Yeah, they're oh. quite keen to point out they're not VR and they're not AR glasses. <laughs> they're just... Don't get any ideas. They're just whatever you want to call them, big display, virtual display what? glasses. So they what? they put on... they You wear them just like a normal pair of glasses like I'm wearing now. Um, and they've got a Sony micro OLED display in each full HD on either eye. And then when you're, you know, at that distance, it's effective of a 140-inch display. Um, and, yeah, no batteries or anything. They just plug into your phone or laptop with a USB-C cable. Um, this is basically like so plugging like, in a monitor, but you yeah, wear yeah. the monitor on your head. On your face. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, might... it's an interesting product. I don't think it's the first time I think I've seen anything it's like this. Definitely not the first. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, seen, um, I've been we... seeing these kind of things since, you know, before the days of For AR years, glasses. Right? It's like years. Yeah, these yeah, were yeah. like the first gen, like, this is AR, this is VR. And you're like, no, it's just a screen. It's not VR. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm surprised that they're not AR or VR, considering they've talked about it for multiple years at this point, like to come up with something that's, that's, I'm looking at a picture of it now and I'm like, uh. <laughs> for everyone watching the video, you can see it on screen now, by the way. <laughs> Even if it wasn't 3D, they could have thrown in just a, wasn't it? An accelerometer is all you need, I think. Yeah. Um, so you could have a 2D image, but you could look around it in 3D space. Um, and, yeah, and you, can, you could do something like that. With, with kind of, you don't need the full six degrees of freedom, which is kind of spatial movement. You can mm. just go three degrees of freedom and just left forward, up, down, you know, that kind of thing that they had in basic mobile viewers. Yeah, I was going to say like the Galaxy Gear and the yeah. Google, what was Google's VR headset? Google Cardboard. Daydream. Oh, oh Daydream. And Google Cardboard, yes, yes. Daydream, yeah. Oh God, Cardboard, that was genius. <laughs> I think I've still got a Daydream <laughs> somewhere. Um, I nice. only removed nice. my, I only removed Google Cardboard from our VR chart yesterday because I was still like, no, <laughs> wow. this is a good thing if you've never tried it. Like it's five <laughs> it pounds genius. worth of Cardboard <laughs> and your phone. You know, the experiences aren't great, but it gives you an idea of what you're getting. I because with the daydream headset the controller stored inside the kind of cover that you'd usually slot your phone into yeah I foolishly left it on my windowsill and the sun came through and shone through the lens of the headset and melted part oh, of the control no way <laughs> wow but it was not a fire hazard nothing caught fire everything was fine it was just I was like oh that looks weird oh I know what happened <laughs> that's mental. yes we conduct all of our testing in a very safe way uh, this was a few <laughs> years ago before I worked at tech advisor so yeah, no one's culpable here. It's all good. Um, a couple of other interesting products. I mean, obviously not quite at market yet, but we talked last week briefly about the P50 series in light of uh, Honor's 50 series smartphones launching. Um, and one of the rumors this week is the fact that there is potentially going to be a Snapdragon-powered version of one or multiple variants of this series of Huawei flagship phones uh, when they arrive, rumored to be uh, now next month, I think sometime in July. Um, the reason being that they were known to already have a short supply of their own Kirin chipsets, the 9000 series, which I think we saw on the Mate 40 at the end of last year, um, their first five nanometer chip with 5G and all this wonderful stuff in there. Um, they already said that they weren't sure whether they were going to have enough stock to last through 2020 into 2021. Um, and up until this point, we'd heard talk of the P50, uh, P50 Pro and P50 Pro Plus using the Kirin uh, 9000, excuse me, and 9000E, which is like a slightly pared down version of that. Um, now we're hearing about a Snapdragon 888, so Qualcomm's top tier chip right now, but a 4G specific version. And I think the 4G is something we've heard in rumors on with a Snapdragon 888 Plus and an 888 Pro and a Wi-Fi only version. Um, but the 4G version that Huawei would be allowed to use is because they have certain limitations right now with using 5G technologies um, in their devices. And they're actually seeing in the telecoms business, a lot of countries are, are still currently busy stripping out Huawei 5G tech from their infrastructure. And this is kind of like the reverse of that on their own phones. They can't have a Qualcomm 5G chip on their devices, but they can apparently have a 4G chip. So I don't know, would you be up for using a Qualcomm powered P50 if it came out? Or would you rather try the Kirin stuff that we know has worked so well for them in the past? I think it depends on where you live more than anything. Because I mean, <clears throat> 5G is sure. rolling out in the UK, as you know, but it's still 
exclusive to big cities and i can't see that changing for at least another year or two you know 4g yeah. rollout came but it, it you know at, in the country side now you still get terrible 4g signals so i am not holding out hope that 5g is going to be this the be all and end all of, of internet connectivity and i think if the price reflects the fact that it's not 5g and that you know you're gonna get you're not getting quite the yeah. same experience as what you're gonna get from everybody else then i'd be open to it i think um it could just, partly because I, I just haven't made the skip to 5g and it's available in my area already i just don't care that much <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fair yeah my, my main personal sim is definitely a 4g fan i mean famously on just the show, I was on 3g yeah exactly i was on 3g for the longest time um yeah th th that's a good point actually about regions that this might actually just be rather than you having an option or you know expecting it in a 5g market Huawei might only be launching these 4G only Snapdragon 888 powered phones in in markets where there just yeah. isn't a 5G infrastructure yet. Yeah, because that's um, what um, Nokia has been doing that with a lot of its cheaper budget phones. Um, there's a couple of 3G only models of the latest Nokia phones, but they're just they're not bothering to sell them in the UK because nobody cares about 3G anymore. But there are a lot of markets where they haven't got the 4G yet, so they're still looking at 3G. So, and I feel like it'll be a similar thing here. They're going to target smaller markets, especially because... The UK especially, Huawei's got a, bad, a bit of a bad rap at the moment. But um, Huawei at least insists that its adoption in Europe is, is a lot stronger. And, 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 you know, the Europeans don't mind using um, Huawei's app store compared to Google Play and stuff like that. So uh, for the kind of European market, it could appeal because uh, I think the 5G is a little bit slower in mainland Europe than it is over here. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um yeah, it's, it's an interesting one if it does come to pass. Uh, we don't actually have that long to wait now. I mean, obviously, Huawei's pushed the P50 series launch multiple times at this point. Um, even kind of going so far as to admit as like in uh, at the Harmony OS launch, we're still trying to figure out how to bring these phones to you. So uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah. it must be confusing. At, like, it... <laughs> it's a challenge because them. you can't use American technology in the phone. I think that's the, no. big, the, that's the crux of it. it, it the, the number of hoops they must have to jump through is insane. Yeah. I think, I mean, there was talk about them just, you know, fully giving up on, on the kind of the P series and the mate series and selling the brands off because they, they, you know, I think I, if I was Huawei, I'd be a bit worried about whether I can de deliver a, you know, a truly premium experience when my hands have been tied like this. And I don't want to ruin the branding, the brand recognition that we've, that Huawei's built up over, you know, a period of years. So I think it's a very tough time for Huawei at the moment. Yeah, there's a reason we've seen them pivot in, in markets in the West, uh, like the UK, to pushing their smartwatches and their laptops and also yeah. the services more. I've noticed, like, yeah. for instance, I've never used Huawei Music before as a streaming service alternative to Spotify. But um, having been testing the Huawei Watch 3, um, you can pair it with Huawei Music streaming service. And that's obviously yes, something they're probably keen to do. I didn't even know. I it, didn't I know that it was, was a app. thing. What I knew in in China, their video service and their music service yeah, and yeah, streaming yeah. functionality. But yeah, it's it's now here too, and you can wow. play you know artists that you'll know. And yeah, they've got deals going on. I think with uh, Universal Music or, or someone like that, a pretty significant player in the space. So, I yeah. think they've been giving away like you know three, six, nine months worth of it with certain products, but in in certain markets anyway. Like, right to try and permeate, yeah, which makes I think. Them moving to subscription makes a lot of sense yeah. right now. That's um, what everybody's and, doing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, look at Apple with like all of the plus appended services it now has. Yeah, I was actually uh, looking and at Apple continues one to extend earlier, to. And I was like, mm -hmm. but no, not <laughs> I'm not going to break. <laughs> 
Um, you mentioned uh, pricing and hopefully that, you know, these 4G versions of the P50 series hopefully will reflect, you know, the slight lack of connectivity in their pricing. Yeah. So they're more affordable and approachable, maybe more competitive to the likes of the S21 series, which, as we knew, was slightly cheaper than the S20 series last year, despite having 5G. Um, another thing that came out this week was uh, even though it was back in, I think, mid-April when Sony unveiled the Xperia 1, 5, and 10 Mark III devices. It's basically what we're expecting to be its only major phone releases this year. It was saying a summer launch, and that was about it, and didn't really give us a price. And we've had leaks and stuff recently, but Sony uh, Russia gave us a kind of rough indication a few uh, months back. And then just this week, Sony US put a pre-order price for the Xperia 1 Mark III. Um, at I don't know if you know the price or if you've seen it, but it's basically it's thirteen hundred US dollars. Um, that is a hundred dollars more than the Xperia One Mark Two last year, um, and that also I think minus the Xperia Pro, which is more of a kind of tool and a utility for business users, is I think Sony's most expensive phone ever. Um, I'm curious how you guys feel about where Sony thinks its smartphones fit in the space, considering you know that's about the same if not a little bit more expensive than the base you know iphone 12 pro max price yeah. the base oppo find x3 pro price yeah. um yeah so i mean it's not, where are you where's your what's your perception of sony right now and and the pricing of this for its one flagship phone i mean it hurts to see a 1300 flagship phone just from anybody in general because i'm just like it's just a phone it's not worth much money <laughs> like it's it's not a deposit on a house or yeah. a car it's just the phone but old man gripes aside um i think i think sony has its work cut out to be able to justify i mean we i think we know that sony does good cameras and their displays are good and stuff like that but for some reason it just it doesn't translate to the phones and we know that, that they perform well it's just there's something about for me personally it's something about the xperia line that i just i've never liked i've never been drawn to it i don't know if yeah. it's the kind of boxy design that they kind of they've loved for so many years um but I know on the flip side of that, I know there are a lot of people that absolutely adore the Xperia line. And I think for those people, this is going to be very exciting because it's going to be the first time that they can get a premium, you know, like a proper a, a ultra premium, I'll go as far as to say flagship that could compete with, with the 12 Pro Max and the S21 Ultra. Um, sure. But yeah, not for me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it is like, there's always those Sony fans out there that, you know, stuck by the the Xperia line regardless and and do mm -hmm. love it but it does feel like that is a small sort of number yeah. of people you know yeah. in the context of the whole market now and when you sure, when you like less than a percent of the market yeah global smartphone and sales yeah it, it seems like more because they're very vocal um but when you're talking that much money you're suddenly comparing it to like folding phones and yeah you know i I'd, I'd would personally if i was gonna spend that much i'd probably buy a razor or something you know like that but i mean you've tasted the razor <laughs> yeah Chris. you know how fun that is i mean i haven't i i think the last Xperia i tested was the Xperia 5 or something like yeah, one of the, the sort of the first one yeah the mark i one, think so will. yeah one of the more sort of mid-range yeah, mid-range ones and <laughs> and it's i don't know if this has been the case since then but they're like it's a perfectly good phone but it's like it's just the context of the market these days it's just not you know there's better for less 
out there. Yeah. Whereas when the Xperia line first came around, they, you know, Sony was truly competitive. Yeah, they were doing mm-hmm. world firsts. You know, the Xperia Z was the first phone with a full HD screen. And like, I remember seeing that, at, um, uh, I can't remember which show it was at. It might have been CES um, or MWC. And I was just like, my tiny mind was blown because I was like, it's like a TV <laughs> in my hand. <laughs> you know, and I remember they didn't they do the same thing with 4K. I'm pretty sure they put a 4K display in a phone a few years ago. And everyone's like, but, but why? Too many pixels. Yeah, the, yeah that didn't make it as much sense. <laughs> <laughs> was it the Z, was the Z5 premium the first one? Oh, that this is the when the naming screen? convention gets a little bit oh, confusing. I mean, it's so confusing. The I remember that that first 4K phone, it was impressive and a technical achievement, but it yeah. had the worst viewing angles of yeah. any phone at that kind of price point by a country mile because it was just yeah, the tech was so hard to manufacture, which is why the phone costs so damn much. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know, the 10 Mark III is kind of continuing the already excellent viewing experience that its predecessor had. So it's like it's going to be a, a 4K 21 by 9 HDR OLED. Um, the last one was incredible. This one will be incredible too. I have no doubt about that. And any of the hardware, really, you know, they've lent even harder into the Alpha camera partnership. Um, with the camera system here, which is supposedly going to have better uh, autofocus and, and improve sensors um, and a few other kind of tweaks and changes. But it's it's a pretty incremental update, which I still, yeah, wonder. Um, Makes it harder to justify that price increase. Yeah, yeah. Does and it? especially considering what else is out there, even in the US where the Chinese players aren't really uh, involved in the mix. I think Samsung's S21 series is an cr- incredibly competitive um, yeah. offering. Uh, there especially and and even the pixel range there is is got a lot of draw um and also apple's uh, apple is if you're being undercut by apple i think you have a problem if you're hoping for market success but maybe <laughs> yeah. that's just my opinion no you've got a very good uh, point even though I, we've all commented about how actually good value i think relative to previous iphones this generation has been oh yeah do they still um, have a dedicated camera you know shutter button uh, I think the one did. I, I had the one Mark II. And I'm pretty sure that did. I can't speak for the five Mark II. Um, an iron. It would have been great to get an iron on the show this week to talk uh, all things uh, Sony. Uh, Windows 11 is being <laughs> unveiled right now, I believe, which would have been cool to talk about. Um, but he might talk about that next week. Um, and also Red Magic, the Red Magic uh, 9R, I think, is something that we've been looking at. Um, but yeah, I can only speak to the Xperia 1 Mark II and I'm pretty sure that one had it because that's kind of a, another signature thing yeah. that is dwindling elsewhere. That was always um, something I really loved about the Xperia phones is just using them, using that camera button to take pictures. It's just it's like great. this makes so Dual much detent. sense. So yeah. you could half yep. press the focus. Yeah, like, that's that was so it. great. The half yeah. press. Oh, Love it. So powerful. Not enough hardware buttons. Um, I do want to come back to iPhones for obvious reasons because that is going to be our next segment. But one other story, which I think Chrissy might have updated our, our lead feature on this, is uh, nothing um, bringing back their well, not bringing back, introducing the Ear One headphone. We're still waiting on an actual date yeah. and an actual price, if I'm not yep. mistaken. But we at least know where you're going to be able to buy it, yeah. as well as online. Yeah. So they they sort of uh, keep giving us little drip of information about these Mm. headphones um while keeping a lot of it um you know under wraps still (laughs) under wraps so they it it, it goes to show like what you're the 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 partnership in question i should say is is selfridges which if you don't know you don't aren't based in the uk is is a very high-end department store um and they have a smart tech kind of 
sub brand that focuses on things like you know Snapchat's three hundred dollar spectacles Mark Three, and products like this fit right in with there. This and the drip feeding of knowledge about a product before launch is is classic OnePlus behavior. Yeah. So it's painfully it's OnePlus. That, <laughs> yeah, painfully OnePlus, and you know Carl Pei being co-founder of OnePlus and now founder of nothing. You can see that that was obviously his influence and part of his strategy, and it's it's happening again here. Oh yeah, um, and having these premium uh, retail partnerships, I think, is smart um, because I think they know they don't have the reach to mass produce and, and mass release, mm-hmm. or they just don't want to. That's fine too. Um, I guess we'll get more of a feel of how the brand perceives itself once products are on sale. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting. I think yeah. uh, from from my perspective about how they're pushing this out. Yeah, so it's a similar strategy of like, let's get lots of news cycles on this one product by announcing one things product, yeah, every, every couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, apart from the Selfridges news, but um, the the other bit of news was that they're delayed because they were supposed to <laughs> arrive in June um, and it's the 24th of June now. And yeah, they're um, obviously not ready. So Carl Pei has said, uh sorry they're not quite ready um so they're actually coming later this summer now so we don't even you yeah. don't even have a we've gone from june to not even knowing what month they're coming um is this covid related do we know or is it just he, production issues he that didn't say he just said they never said he why. just said there's a few things to finalize and you know the usual sort of we want to get it right before you know releasing them but if we look at the OnePlus watch, you know, I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather something got delayed and yeah. was then, you know, 100% perfect rather than, oh, well, we said June, so we're just going to release it and try and fix stuff, you know, later. Well, if, if it's because software of the anyway. Timing, yeah, because of the timing of his departure, I wonder whether he walked out in the midst of the OnePlus watch final days before launch going, this is awful. I don't know. <laughs> but you know, like, considering I can't the, my name to this. Yeah, basically, the critical reception that that watch received at launch generally was not great. And uh, yeah, probably he probably felt like he dodged a bit of a bullet there, PR-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that said, I'm very curious to see how these headphones actually shape up. They look weird. They look kind of cool with this kind of retro clear and kind of oranges and reds um, color palette going on. That's not even um, the final that, design. That's just like a concept. We were talking about yeah. this before before the, so, the show started, weren't we, Lewis? It yeah. was like, what... Um, what they, will they actually look like yeah there's no pictures on the website but they do say that it's going to have its distinctive transparent finish so they are going to be transparent whatever they end up looking like which is i'm, I'm very excited for that i'm here for the transparent i'm all tech. for transparent tech yeah. the transparent pebble watch great the transparent n64 glorious oh, like memories <laughs> the one thing i would say is the the selfridges partnership does suggest they're going to be quite pricey Oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, for sure. That's a high-end department store where you this expect is... to walk in and spend hundreds of pounds on things. So yeah, these yeah. are not going to be, you know, a rival to the OnePlus uh, no. Z, you know, earbuds. They're yeah, I mean, be uh, like the, the fact Pro that they were kind of yeah. price. They, they said the fact that they were they focus kind of talking about this this transparent design and stuff like that, and they're not actually focusing on audio quality. The thing that you care about most with an audio product <laughs> suggests that they're going to be more fashion, you know, fashion focused, and yet yeah, with with the price tag to to match that. Sadly, that is upsetting from uh, from the geeky perspective, but at yeah. the same time, it's it's new and it's interesting for it Carl Pay, and I think this is his thing that he this, this is him trying to 
take the lead and express himself in, in the things that interest him. And I think that's what this product is kind of a reflection of, mm-hmm. maybe. I, th- I think um, I think they still could be pretty good specs-wise and stuff. I don't think they're going to try and yeah. flog something with like... Some no, cheapy with, headphones yeah. in a fun enclosure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 think no, they, I think they're still going to be pretty high-end, but yeah. what, what that is, we, yeah, we don't know. Right. Um, well, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I mean, we, we, as I said, we don't have a specific date. So, yeah, it remains to be seen when exactly we'll get ears on with them. But we are expecting to get ears on with them at some point. Um, now, let's look back around to Apple and the iPhone, specifically the iPhone 12 mini, which if you haven't heard this week, um, a report came out that production has apparently halted early. Um, early, let's say, relative to their expected production and rollout of this this phone in the range um but yeah they, they now are apparently no longer going to be making units of the iphone 12 mini they're just going to be continuing to sell the existing units they have already out in the market globally um and instead focusing on the rest of the 12 range in the run-up to the launch of the iphone 13 which is presumably going to take place in september are you guys surprised are you guys kind of pleased or upset about this what's think, your take on on this yeah this news i think we like tech journalists live in this bubble when it comes to small phones because among us we're like do you know what yeah a small phone has a place people (laughs) like a small phone it fits in the hand better you know you can use it it's fine and we've got a few people on team that are just adamant that they will only use small phones i think at least one of them is on the call with us right now no shh don't tell him (laughs) (laughs) but um (laughs) Yes. <laughs> but he's like, a user of small phones and big headphones yeah <laughs> i like the phone like, small my headphones massive <laughs> just got you got to balance it out somehow you know but no um yeah i mean it, it's obvious that we don't think the same way as the general public does and i think that the, i i don't understand it because yeah a lot of people i speak they're like yeah i like the small phones i don't i can't hold a big phone but then when it comes to choosing a phone to buy they will always go for the iphone 12 pro max and it's just like yeah well, what? <laughs> I mean, uh, so I think I don't know whether a part of it is just tied to, to the misconception that small phone equals less power. Um, I think that might be part of it for the market that doesn't care about the specs. Yeah. For those people, they see a smaller phone, they're expecting to pay less money. And so yeah. when it's only like 100 or 50 pounds different to the standard iPhone 12, they're like, mm-hmm. wait, what? Oh, well, well, I but can it's pay smaller. an extra 100 like, pounds yeah, but get all this extra screen. <laughs> But it's got. But then I'd be like, yes, but it's got the same chipset as the the one thousand pound iPhone mm-hmm. for basically half the price, and that's going to last you like two or three years because it's an iPhone, and that's how they work. So yeah, it's it's. I guess I don't know if it's a failing of Apple's marketing. Yeah. To push beyond, it's smaller, and that's why it's good. Um, I was going to yeah. say that. Yeah, I think somebody in Slack, maybe it was you. Um, or somebody on the MacWorld team said, like, mm. pointed out that yeah, Apple don't really tell anybody about it like all the you know all the adverts <laughs> all the billboards you see are for the regular and the you know the the bigger ones and you don't really see the mini shown off or, you know or talked about very much um, no. and then you've got the sort of historical like branding of you know the like all the phones that used to come out with the with mini on the end were very much downgraded like everything yeah. was yeah. like the screen was smaller and lower res it had a you know lower grade processor it had worse cameras like normally mm-hmm. everything was worse so i don't know if just mini phones have still 
retained that stigma when I think mini used to be the word that is now used for the term light L-I-T-E on yeah. a lot of phones yeah, yeah we lost the <laughs> uh, yeah yeah and because then, they were also smaller but also they were lesser devices yeah. whereas Apple's not really done that with this series which I was really excited for personally when they introduced it yeah um, I would say that the way they introduced the mini specifically was a bit of a kind of uh, a, a tired um, set up because they had the, the briefcase with the smaller briefcase gag and then they had the, the kind of James Bond theme style spy music going on um, that seems like an odd tone to strike for a product like this which if this appealing to a younger audience I don't know if if that's going to appeal if they're appealing to um, I think it's an older audience predominantly an older audience, I was going to say, or a female audience, because, oh. you know, having, you know, jeans where phones never fit in pockets or handbags that Just are don't have to hold, at you know, all. a max. Or, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, it seemed like an odd an odd angle to take. And I haven't really seen any marketing that, that's been anything other than just like, oh, and there's also a mini version of the iPhone 12 mm-hmm. since then. So, yeah, I think the messaging has been wrong. Personally. I mean, so maybe, um, yeah. Like the, them stopping production does make sense when you look at the figures obviously apple doesn't announce specific figures um for how its iphones sell um like it, in terms of each model it just gives the kind of overview um but uh, market analysts suggest that the iphone 12 mini has only sold it's only worth five percent of the overall sales of the iphone 12 which range is, which is man, crazy the best selling like phone series of the year yeah and it's just such a, still small a lot number. of phones but it's nothing in the grand scheme of the whole line no i mean so uh, like yeah. we're, we're we're definitely going to get the 13 mini it's too far in 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 production for them to make a u-turn on it now i imagine that displays have been ordered you know things have been ordered the prototypes have been made and and they're starting to pro- mass produce these things now ahead of launch later this year but i think it does make me wonder about whether we'll be seeing a 14 mini um next mm. year that's because at that yeah. point, I think Apple's had would have had a lot of time to to look back. They will have some kind of thirteen mini figures by that point as well, and they can say, "Okay, we've tried it twice; it's not working. People don't like this." And in fact, I saw the exact opposite report a couple of days ago, and uh, Apple has realised that a lot of iPhone users are, are jumping ship to Android because they want a bigger screen without having to pay a lot of money. So Apple are now allegedly looking into a bigger iPhone at a cheaper price for launch next year. So that might replace the mini. <laughs> I mean, the iPhone XR sort of did that, didn't it? Like, yeah. They they intentionally held off selling it alongside the 10s series. I think it was, wasn't it? 10s and 10s Max, because mm-hmm. um, they need like they wanted the early adopters to jump on the expensive ones, and then they were expecting people to buy the cheaper, colourful one, which still had a decently sized screen for an iPhone. Yeah. Um, it was six point one inch. That was actually bigger than the the premium entry level models there we, so. oh, we exactly yeah yeah it was the 10s then the 10r then the 10s max right that was yeah. like the order of sizes yeah it was really weird um yeah <laughs> the only so there, there is obviously year. hunger for it it's kind of weird but it does actually make sense when you think about it <laughs> so yeah maybe they'll go back uh just sort of you know like you said having the the regular the, having basically different naming system like 10s mm. you know these are your normal iphones and then the 10r you know being like the new what was it the 5c sort of like Here's yeah. your here's your yeah. colourful cheap one, but but obviously a lot bigger than that was when that came out, mm-hmm. um, because that's the sort of size people expect. So, but what, like, what would you think if they do that? If they do a large screen one at a cheaper price, what do you think they'll call it? Do you think they'll use the R again? Or uh, I I mean, there's I saw a report just earlier today that made mention of the fact that there's already some 
hesitation about sticking with the number 13 mm. in yeah. the iPhone name because of the unlucky connotations that it kind of brings up to, you know, certain yeah. consumer target audiences. Um, so I think it's all, to, you know, anything could happen with, with this year's iPhone 9 in terms of what they're, they're going to be called. I don't, I wouldn't be 100% sure that it'd be an iPhone 13 at all. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they kept the mini naming um just to kind of convey the size thing obviously like for <laughs> obvious reasons but what precedes that i'm not as sure this year maybe they go back to letters uh iphone z they, there's there's been rumors of z forever but that's just me spitballing i haven't it's seen gonna anything. go back to roman numerals now it's gonna be the <laughs> the xii is that what it is xiii is that 30 <laughs> maybe yeah I, i'd be very comfortable if they just uh, actually, I'm saying this and I'm regretting it immediately because they did this with the iPads and it really annoyed me when they were just like the new iPad. Oh, I hated that. Action, yeah, that Very actually. Much. I was gonna say that would be nice and simple. No. Um, I think Samsung has maybe struck the balance there with using the, the part of the year in the name. Yeah, I like that. It's, it's clear enough without just being it's the 2021 like model. Mm -hmm. It's still like its own brand name. So I don't know iPhone X21? No, that sounds terrible. You can turn it into an Xperia. Recently and I could try and do it on the show and it's I really tell hard. tell why you guys don't work for phone companies. There's no way Maybe. either of That's the only used. reason. That's the only reason. <laughs> XIII is way too similar to the Sony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Sony's a whole different kettle of fish. They're throwing numerals, numbers, letters, the whole shebang. They, oh, they're they, just going to do it They're all. having the best time. Sony will stick. Throwing stuff at a wall. Like and seeing what sticks. Sony are not good uh, at naming dozen. things. Let's let's face it. <laughs> no. Have, has what? anyone tried the the new X, XM the XM four? <laughs> yeah, the, the in ear ones. They look really nice. We are, uh, waiting, we are um, waiting for the WF dash one thousand XM fours. That one. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Try and recommend that to a friend. They're gonna be like, the what? They're like the what? Can you write that down for? I didn't ask for your lottery numbers. <laughs> like it's it's fine yeah, exactly. if that's like the in brackets model number. You know, yeah, that you might need at some point. You can search you know, for it. All, all all products have some sort of product code or you know model number that you you basically never need. But like to be the actual name. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um. Just looping back around the I, I remember it kind of you reminded me talking about just like the appeal of small phones in the market. Uh, I asked or someone in a in a group interview I was in with Madaf Sheath, who's real me's. European and Indian um, VP or, or, or head, uh, why they don't make small phones, considering they make affordable phones. They make, you know, the most expensive phones are around the kind of five, 600 euro pound mark mm -hmm. um, with the Realme GT that launched this week, as we mentioned at the start of the show. Um, but they make incredibly affordable phones and none of them are smaller, even the cheapest ones. They all go with, I think, at least a six point something inch screen. Um, and oh, yes, I have to I mean, say, this. We should, the, this isn't as big as I was expecting. I got it out of the box. That's one of the smaller phones yeah. that Chris is holding for those listening. Chris is holding the Realme GT, uh, the 12 gig racing yellow vegan leather backed version, the kind of the best looking one, I'd say the most exciting one. Mm. And I think it's that 6.5 inch display or 6.1 inch display. I I've got actually can't remember in my head. off the top of my head, but it's not, it's, it's very, but it's not as big. It's as a very similar really size like to, to my, uh, it's just a tiny bit taller than my Pixel 4a 5G. 4a 5G, yeah. right. Which yeah, is, which Realme is not, does like know, big phones. This is bigger than the regular 4A. Um, it's yeah. not just 5G version. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it feels quite compact, yeah. 
which for real me is i think really nice um i just wish they did smaller phones but they were like yeah that it's driven first and foremost by uh media consumption for them that's what they're they're building their phones yeah. for media consumption and you can't have a small f- screen yeah. uh with you know streaming media and gaming it just doesn't work it's completely at odds with that you know you could probably have like a light productivity phone with a smaller screen um or, or just a basic all rounder but Realme doesn't see things like that, and maybe that's just the true of Apple as well. I guess, um, yeah, it will I, be going forward. I mean, I love using my iPhone 12 mini alongside my Pixel, but I don't mm. use it for either of those things. I don't watch video on it, I don't play games on it, I just use it for you know apps. You know, that aren't we're in a unique so. position of being able to like <laughs> chop and change between devices yeah. for different things. So like, yeah, I definitely stream on the, the 12 Pro Max, but my everyday phone is the Pixel 5 because I like having the smaller phone in my pocket. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't go on with this dishes, multi-phone, for example. <laughs> multi-phone approach. It stresses me out. Like just switching my phone to an Android to review it. And I'm like, as soon as the reviews, I'm like, get it back in the iPhone. Okay, okay. back to safety. <laughs> dirty, dirty. <Ugh. laughs> but yeah, no, I just, I mean, I, I like the idea, but I know that I'd end up I put them both in my pocket and they end up getting scratched or some dumb thing like that. And I just can't yeah, deal with that yeah. kind of thing. And I mean, how do you decide which phone to use on it? Is it just like, depending on what the task is, or do you just grab it and be like, oh, I've got this one. I'll just use this now. Like, I'm curious Sometimes about that, this thought I, process. It's, yeah, it's, it's use case. You know, if I'm going somewhere where I know I'm going to take some good pictures, I'll take the best camera phone that I currently have in to test. And my personal phone, which has got like WhatsApp and my SIM in because I don't want to move them over. So yeah. it's a bit annoying. But, you know, it's yeah. it's kind of like, now let's date myself here. Do you guys remember the, t- the cart- 80s cartoon, The Centurions? No. It was three dudes. They had hilarious names and they wore these suits that they could basically strap on different kind of like modules. They had like modular suits so they could be equipped for like desert excursions or like going under sea or flying. Um, and that's kind of how my job allows me to be in terms of <laughs> use like, What, what I do I myself- need for this? Yes, yes. I don't have a cool suit up scene like Sailor Moon, but you know it's it's almost there. <laughs> um, I think I maybe should move us br- promptly on to the next section, yeah. which is nothing to do with phones. I'm not suiting up into anything unusual. I swear. It's just uh, the Amazon Fire HD10 series. The 2021 editions came out recently, and uh, Chris got to take a look at one version of them, I believe, or was it two? I've just there are two. Yeah. You got to go on hands-on with one, right? I've got got the plus model here. Which is the better, more powerful version? What is the difference here? I mean, I'm seeing a keyboard, which I'm not used to seeing on an Amazon Fire tablet for a start. This is an optional extra. I have to, full disclaimer, I don't normally review Amazon tablets, so I'm Mm. not an expert. Um, But the, the 10 is the biggest one. They normally refresh it every two years. Um, so the last one was 2019. Um, yeah. uh, it is largely the same sort of tablet we've seen from Amazon, you know, year after year. Um, so it's basically got the same screen as before. See, it's 10.1 inch, it's IPS, it's full HD. Uh, full HD for the 10 yeah. inch, that's cool. Apparently this is 10% brighter than the last one. You know, even if Always I'd good. even if I'd reviewed that, I'm not sure I would notice. Ten <laughs> percent is know, hard to tell without yeah. using a you know uh, without calibrated tools. Yeah, without using sure. a, with a spider to test. But you know, it is it's a nice screen. It, it's um, it you know does what you need it to do. It doesn't need to be any higher res than that. Of course, you're mm. running 
Amazon's Fire OS, you know, based on Android. This is the, the, I was quite surprised to find this is only running Android nine Pi. Oh, um, considering yeah, it's, <laughs> it's quite old now. The, the one thing I always wonder about that, which I guess I, I should ask Amazon directly, is is how does that work with security updates? Because mm. I thought the underlying security updates don't. It doesn't matter if you don't have the Play Store on there; those can just work with Android itself. So, is Amazon? fashioning its own security updates for the fire tablets or are they just up to date as far as android 9 and that's it like it would be question. interesting to find that out yeah yeah um is the user experience like is it good because you know i've always found it if you haven't used a fire tablet i've always thought of it as a storefront first and foremost yeah for amazon's you know not just buying physical products but for amazon music and amazon prime video and you know it's really designed to just push you towards the services which is why they're so cheap right exactly yeah so it's fine like i don't particularly like the interface myself um yeah. but just you know having been somebody that's used you know android tablets you know since the original ones like the asus nexus you know um seven um, and stuff like that you know I nexus just, seven much love for the Nexus oh Seven. My gosh. What a great tablet! Such a good tablet. So Everyone yeah, freaking love that tablet. I don't love it, but it's it's fairly easy yeah. to get used to, and you can kind of just ignore the stuff that you don't really want. Like, but yeah, it is it's pushing you to to read, you know, books and you know, use use all of Amazon services, you know, like you suggest. But you can get a lot of you know the same apps that you can on Android anyway. So you know. Did you have a question? A question? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, it, it wasn't more of a question. I was just following up on what you were saying about Android 8 and the security. Uh, sorry, Android oh, yeah. 9 Pi. Um, mm. um, it's still getting updates. The last update was earlier yeah. this oh, month. Okay. So yeah, we're, they're still good on the security front. I'm not sure how much cool. longer that's going to last for though, because it is getting a bit long in the tooth they'll, now. They'll have, to push, it. Long they'll have to push it up soon, won't they? Yeah. Well, I guess most manufacturers say, what, three years of security updates if they can deliver like the the bigger brands are promising that so that does run out this year. I think it was yeah uh, 2018 9, 10 11 12 yeah, yeah that makes sense so this yeah. would be yeah so that's unless amazon takes things into its own hands and figures out a way to keep that alive that's a little bit concerning i think it's it's a minor issue depends how security conscious you are mm -hmm. um you talked about chris that you can get most of the apps you'd probably want and that's always for me been like a reservation of the amazon app store um, especially with this tablet, which comes with a, a keyboard dock. So it's kind of got this whole extra productivity dimension. I say comes with, you mentioned it's an accessory that costs extra. Were you able to be productive on it? Like, was there any app you're like, oh, great, I can, <laughs> it has the app that I can use the keyboard for. Or is it just like, if you were going to write an email on this tablet, the keyboard makes it easier. Is that the idea here? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a slightly odd move from Amazon because as soon as you, pitch it as you know basically a, a laptop you know yeah. sort of alternative you're you're competing with the microsoft surface and you know even yeah, even, just ten times the price. even the ipads <laughs> like... obviously you're doing it at a much much lower price um you know this just to clarify this is the plus model which is basically the same but it has four gigabytes of ram instead of three which is already right. Like the 2019 one only Ooh. had two gigabytes of RAM, so even the regular one's wow. gone up by 50 percent. Sipping, sipping RAM. <laughs> this one's got four <laughs> tablets too, um, and the this also has wireless charging, which is a bit strange on a tablet. But if you want to, how does that even work? Yeah, yeah that's I know they've had it on the smaller tablets before, but is it like do you need a dock, a specific dock? Is that how this works? So there is a dock 
although it isn't last when I put the review live on Monday, the doc wasn't available to buy, but it's made it's, <laughs> right. it, it's made by Anchor, and you know it's it's like a oh. it's a tent shape, you know it's right. it's basically made for your desktop. So um, it hang on, it's made by Anchor. Yeah, I believe so. Amazon pulled Anchor off its store as a product company. The... So the fact they've then been <laughs> like, maybe that's to our stuff for us. <laughs> maybe that's why it's not that's... on sale. <laughs> That's amazing because, like, I was reading just today. They've also pulled Rav Power off, and any yeah. any uh, subsidies of Rav Power's parent company. These are all brands that sell battery uh, battery packs and stuff mm. on Amazon. So the fact that Anchor is the brand behind the dock for the tablet is amazing. I mean, to it's, me. yeah, That's it's hilarious. got one of those stupid, like, stupidly <laughs> long names, but it says "by Anchor" at the end. I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, no, I, I I totally believe you. I just think Amazon's really weird but, <laughs> doing that. That's weird. But yeah, the, so that's the wireless charging is there so that you can basically have the dock on your desk or your bedside table, you know, at all times and plonk it there. And then it because this has um, show mode, Alexa show mode, yeah. which basically turns it into an Echo Show, you know, smart display. Um, so yeah, you can plonk it in the dock. It's wirelessly charging, turns it into in a, a smart display while you're not out and about with it which i think is quite cool and and i don't have you know, obviously don't have that to test with it but i still put it on Do a wireless you know a flat wireless charger and it charged yeah but it's just a bit strange um but yeah going back to the productivity stuff um mm. this this keyboard um dock is an optional accessory um so there's a productivity bundle that comes with the, the keyboard and a year of office 365 okay so, that's pretty cool so the office obviously microsoft stuff is all on the app store all d- downloadable pretty easy like we you know we use office 365 for work so i signed into our official uh, work account it was pretty easy just like i would do on any windows laptop to be honest and then bingo Ooh. had all my uh you know all my files and stuff and they were opening fine um and i was pretty impressed with how it handled even just even like large spreadsheets and stuff you know it was zipping through i could sw- swap between apps and stuff um so the ram was enough yeah yeah four I mean, gigs was enough yeah even our old ultrasod which like is the biggest spreadsheet i've ever seen in my life was, <laughs> yeah, was actually like a, like, a I behemoth could, uh, multi-page excel document for yes. those listening and watching uh, it was a, which was our previous scheduling document like even that i could zoom around in it and it wasn't lagging um so yeah on Amazing. that front i was my laptop i was pretty yeah. impressed but we use slack to, commun- to communicate with each other you know constantly all day and you can't get slack on the fire right. tablet so it depends what you use um you know if you don't need slack then maybe you yeah. maybe you're okay if you do just want to you know use it for those office apps and email then yeah you'd probably be fine um so I mean, yeah it depends for, on your usage for the entirety of the range i've always perceived them as yeah like media consumption and entertainment and if you get the kids bundle you know, a great kids tablet because they are pretty oh, yeah. kind of because they are more restricted in, in their breadth of content and functionality that that can be kind of sort of seen as a positive in certain situations. Um, moving into productivity like this, and I don't think this is the first one that's had an optional accessory, but this is the first time I've seen them really push a keyboard dock like this. Mm. Seems just odd to me considering, you know, it immediately does evoke 
devices like the Surface Line and, you know, even cheaper stuff. Like I not too long ago reviewed the Lenovo Tab P11 Pro, which, you know, if you get it with a productivity pack, has a keyboard. And even that struggles to do that well. That's an Android based, you know, productivity experience. Mm -hmm. And that isn't always seamless on the tablet. Um, so, yeah, it seems like an odd one. Uh, I, I guess, do we have pricing on, on the tablet and the, the keyboard dock separately, Chris? Uh, yes. Uh, Off the top of your head, or do you have to look it up? No I'll, worries. I'll so, I was just, yeah, just curious. So the, so I was the, wondering the, how much they think, <laughs> they think, expect people to pay the for the, the benefit <laughs> of the keyboard. Yes. Yeah, so well, Chris is looking up is... prices. I'll go with um, the Fire HD 10, the standard one, is 150 quid mm. in the UK. Uh, okay. You get a 64 gig model, it's 190. Um, uh, and then the plus model starts at 180. Um, but I'm not sure about the keyboard itself, if Chris, if you found so that with one yet. The tablet, the plus with the tablet at 32 gigs with ads is 289. Ooh. Okay. That's quite a jump. That's yeah, then getting that's 100 into... pounds. Yeah, I, I well, this is why I kind of asked because I know that you know the keyboard accessories on like the Galaxy Tab range cost over a hundred quid usually. So I was curious whether this That's would be crazy. equally as affordable as the tablet itself. But I guess you know they That's can't... almost the same price as the tablet. They can't sell. That's what I was wondering because they can't sell what? content through a keyboard. They can't push what? you to subscribe to stuff through the keyboard. So the accessory is not really. It, I guess it goes to show just how much the Fire tablets themselves can be subsidized. Yeah, because they know it's a portal to you know it's a it's a private portal to their exclusive content, and you can't really go anywhere else. So, so yeah, just yeah. to be clear, that is with the tablet and the keyboard. Yeah, and the yeah, Microsoft <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it, the it, tablet's it, 150 quid. The keyboard cover <laughs> yeah. on its own is like 280 or something. That'd be madness. Um, I mean, we're in the world yeah. where you've got Apple's smart keyboard, and that's 300. So yeah. it's, it's well, not too go, out yeah. there. <laughs> It, and the wheels for the MacBook Pro are 400, right? <laughs> Something like that. It gets quite confusing because you've got the regular and the plus and then you've got yeah. 32 gig and 64 gig of each. Then you've got the productivity bundles and then you've got the whole with or without ads, um, which changes it by 10 quid. If you know, if Does the keyboard work on the normal non-plus model, do we know? Is it a pogo pin system or Bluetooth? It's Bluetooth. You know it and okay, so probably. My question is, can you just use any keyboard with it? I would assume so, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, I, as as I, got, I like, can't. The right. I don't know. I'm just. Skulls. I'm. I'm against this. <laughs> Hundred pound for Wait, a the keyboard. Whole tablet or the keyboard? Just the keyboard. I can't go over how much yeah. they're charging for that keyboard. I mean, unless it's a beautiful mechanical keyboard, you can literally buy a Bluetooth mechanical <laughs> keyboard and connect it for the same it's price. Cherry MX red switches. Literally, it's, like, <laughs> it's because it's it, it's designed for the. Um, specifically I, I, to I won't fold put up the into tablet it back in but it you know it's designed for it and this comes yeah, off with yeah. magnets so when you're not using, slick. okay you know and it you know it shut you know shuts down you know the screen when you shut it and opens it when you you know so it's designed for this tablet yeah no i'm, I'm only joking there's definitely people that will appreciate <laughs> and that, it, that how portable it can yeah. be and the fact that you but, can only you only have to carry on one single thing instead of a full-size keyboard and the tablet yeah, yeah. but the keyboard uh, itself overall, is okay is yeah, it's, that was going to be my question. How is it actually special. to type on? It doesn't it, look it, great. It, I can't it's lie. A, it's a bit cramped because it's you know it's got to match the size of a ten-inch tablet, ten tablet or, or right. yeah. with yeah. reasonable bezels on either side. Um, mm -hmm. It has got some shortcuts at the top for doing some you know going back and home quickly, but it doesn't have all the keys I would personally want. Um, yeah, but you know you're not selling it, it to me. If you <laughs> you know it depends what you're doing at the end of the day yeah. if you're just going to do some basic 
Word documents, spreadsheets, emails, like, and you, you're okay doing that on a 10 inch screen, you, you'll be fine. Um, you know, as soon as you need to do anything more, you know, images, videos, you know, like I, I, you know, I, I wrote most of the review on, on the tablet itself and was fine. But then, you know, tablet, right. You didn't throw (laughs) the keyboard out of the window at any point. No, (laughs) Um, that's a good sign. (laughs) But, you know, I didn't tackle any of my image processing or anything like that on it. Sure. Um, and I couldn't talk to anybody on Slack. So, you know, it didn't. It was a quiet day. It didn't quite tickle. (laughs) uh, I didn't, it didn't quite tickle the boxes for me. Um, For sure. And then also, I mean, looking at also it doesn't have like review. banking apps and stuff still. Mm. Just oh. like that's another whole area where you just won't get the you won't get. I the mean, apps. Huawei's catching up. They got to sort that out because Huawei's getting banking apps on on the app gallery now. So Amazon's got to yeah pull their socks up a bit. And also um, Google, just you, looking, you can't use Google apps on it basically. Oh sure, unless yeah, you use I, them I, on the web browser. I have a very old Fire HDX and the only thing I use on it is YouTube. It literally just doesn't turn off. I just have YouTube and I just wake it up and it's to play YouTube on a slightly larger screen. It's quite bizarre because you can search for YouTube and um, like photos and things on the store and they do come up, but they're like these blue logos that just say YouTube.com and it's like, (laughs) and you can install it, but then it's like a, and it is an app and it is YouTube, but it's like a browser version of YouTube. So it's it's not the official. They've gone out of their way. It's not the official Google YouTube app. To obfuscate, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, look at your review generally, price performance for what it is, is pretty solid. And I think, you know, you're also getting like the customer service and infrastructure that Amazon, you know, that that you wouldn't get from buying a a no brand, a no name brand tablet of similar performance and size. Um, that's where I see the, the kind of value in opting for this yeah. over that. But then obviously you have and, to deal yeah. with Fire OS and you have to be comfortable with that. Yeah. And for, I mean, for Prime Day, they were like half price. So you could get the regular one, like the, the 14999 one, you know, the cheapest one was like, was half price for, for, the, crazy. for Prime Day. Yeah. So if you're going to buy so one, bad. wait, wait till Black Friday now. Wait, and so wait another one, six months. You'll get one half price. <laughs> I mean, to to bring us back around to how we start the show, you know, Prime Day was a, a, almost six months out of place this year. Um, it was so much earlier. What's to say Black Friday, they decide to move that as well. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. You can't move um, Black Friday. It's the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> not yeah, when you're Amazon. <laughs> You've, they've got enough weight. Yeah, they true. could move Black Friday if they wanted <laughs> they to. They could move Black Friday. I think if they wanted to move it, and they everyone could move would it. follow suit. that's just the sad nature of reality (laughs) and on that bleak note i think we should call it here for today's episode of fast charge everyone who has been in the chat with their comments or who is listening to this after the fact thank you so much for tuning in we will of course be back next week don will have hopefully returned from the beach if he can put himself away or the rain has literally shunned him from the coastline um we don't know exactly what we're going to be talking about but i presume mwc will feature in there somewhere even if it is predominantly a virtual experience again this year but until then uh thank you again so much for tuning in and we will see you then bye for now bye Bye.